everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. Hello, Salon Pro. As pros, beauty boxes with sample sizes just don't cut it. How can you possibly know a product is right for your clients after trying a sample? You need full-size products to try, test, feel, and play with. Enter Hello Salon Pro, a full-size pros-only beauty box by The Tees. It's a bi-monthly subscription for salon professionals with five full-size products up to a $200 value for just $24.99 plus shipping. We send you everything from the most popular and trending brands to new innovations, large and small. Anything we think you might want to curate for your back bar or retail to your clients. Head to the tees.shop to subscribe for our next box, shipping every Friday starting February 15th. Kelly, there was a story that I saw that gave me a chuckle, uh, came across my desk from our digital producer, and it is about Mm -hmm. the writer of this piece cheating on their hairstylist Mm. and the feelings of guilt that they've got. There's this whole backstory. They had gone somewhere else. They had a good thing going, but they went somewhere else. They wanted to just see if, you know, grass was greener on the other side. Turns out it actually maybe was. Oh. But then they ran into that old stylist. They had to go back to the salon for a... eyebrow threading thing. And so then the writer talks about with other women, what is that relationship like with their stylist? Mm -hmm. So this got me thinking, I've got my own and I will, I will share, but I'd love to know how long have you been going to your current stylist? Oh, you know, I want to say, you know, my stylist specializes because I do have some lovely extensions, might I add, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which are life-changing. Anyway, enough about that. Um, I've got to believe it's been... Seven or eight years, probably. So, you know, I knew this about you. Mm-hmm. Our listeners maybe didn't. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am on the other side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I keep testing people out. I have moved a number of times. So that is partially, I've been in a bunch of different cities. Fair. But I just, I'm one of these people too, where I like, I like a barber. Sometimes I don't like what they do to my hair, but I like the person and I stick around, which is explored in this piece. Have you found yourself in a position of being like, this is not great what you do to me, but I do like the back and forth mm. and I show up anyway, or would you never, ever do that? See, I specifically like the technique and the end result. Mm. I think it's like best of the best. And so mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm somebody that always wants to chat. Sure. I actually work at the salon. I find it very therapeutic. Yeah. And so I think my stylist gets that too. So it's this nice relationship of like, yeah, we catch up on industry. We do our thing. And then she does her thing. And it's like, great. We both did our thing and we're super happy. Mm-hmm. And so from a hair perspective, I have not cheated. However, I have from other services. And then you get into like nails and lashes and all of the things. Mm-hmm. And I have too also run into somebody after I've moved on to another professional and felt really bad about it and almost wanted to hide. So yeah, that's the, that because it's not personal. I just wanted to try something different. So yeah. And that's what the piece ultimately ends with. Like you've got to be happy with the service and you know what you're paying for and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know that this is something that we all deal with. Yeah. I recently had gone to a barber and then visited my old barber in a different city. And he commented about how the new barber was not doing as good of a job. Oh, wow. And that was tough to hear. That was tough (laughs) uh, because he didn't offer to fix it. And we were in a capacity where he could have done that. Interesting. But I digress. Yeah. So if you've had a similar experience with clients, we'd love to hear. Like if you feel, have they cheated on you? What do you do when they cheat? And as a stylist, do you feel loyal to your hairstylist? I'd love to. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about it. Send us an email or DM. Do it. On our last episode, we talked with Deandra Metzger, 
DeAndra is an accomplished celebrity hairstylist widely known for her work in the entertainment and film industry. DeAndra has accumulated a total of 30 years in providing professional hair care services locally and nationwide, including owning and operating the renowned 360 Degrees Salon from 2000 until 2007. Having a flourishing career, she has been fortunate to amass a star-studded clientele. Some of her work, and this is quite a list, mm-hmm. are from films including Tyler Perry's House of Pain and Meet the Browns, BET's American Soul, First Wives Club, Hunger Games, the Divergent series, Jumanji 3, Black Panther, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell, Suicide Squad. I could go on and on, <laughs> but we do chat about Danielle Deadweiler until as well. Fantastic movie. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and sending questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Kayla Boyer, a Minneapolis-based stylist and salon owner. She owns Rose Salon and Dead Rose Salon Loft. Kayla specializes in creative color and is on the Pravana Collective team, as well as a Drop Dead Extensions Elite artist. When she's not styling bold and creative looks, she loves to travel, and we talk about everything. Something that I've wanted to talk to you about Mm -hmm. is another story that came across my desk that, honestly, I didn't realize was a news piece because I thought this was already happening. Same. Apparently, apparently, (laughs) Glossier is launching in Sephora and has not been available there previously. Kelly, did you know that they weren't at Sephora? I've got to believe I thought they were there. I swear. And and before we get to that, I feel like there's a lot of things coming across your desk. Coming to my desk. I know this podcast, It's but it's true. This week, you are a busy man. Busy guy. <laughs> things are coming my way. But yeah, this was one where I was like, we're going to talk about this because I straight up thought they were there already. Yeah. Turns out that's not true. It's not true. They're here. They're there. They've now hit the shelves at 600 Sephora stores. So I've got to believe, you know... That's a huge, huge get, right? Mm-hmm. For the brand. Yeah. You know, and I love me some Glossier. Same. I love their tinted lip moisturizers. Chef's kiss. Yes, yes. Yeah. The piece posits that, you know, it's been a tough couple of quarters for Glossier, mm-hmm. which is maybe part of the reason that they're now available at Sephora. Good for them. I swear, though, I really thought that they were there. Same thing. So, I mean, it's always been top of mind for me. And it might just be because I'm a millennial <gasps> and that Glossier millennial associate. We're never going to divorce ourselves of it. So, no, it's, it's here to stay. It's here to stay and now <laughs> available at Sephora. So, good on them. Uh, let's talk about things that are trending on our site, though, shall we? Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know, but you probably should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, the title. Hair Botox is a thing, and here's why you should consider offering it as a salon service. When you first hear the words hair Botox, quote unquote, let's be clear, let's disclose, this is not an actual Botox service. It's easy to picture a syringe full of something being injected into someone's scalp, but trust us, that visual couldn't be further from the truth. It's way less invasive than it sounds, and there are zero needles or injections involved, explains Samantha Lajapaya, a hairstylist who specializes in hair Botox and is the founder of Basque Hair in Montreal, Canada. It's completely understandable due to the treatment's name, but don't be afraid. It's totally worth it. Head to thetease.com to learn more about what this exactly is. Now, Kelly, I know you looked at the article. Mm -hmm. Would you consider hair Botox? Um, Yes, Jeff, 100% I would. Anything to make these locks look bigger, brighter, better. I'm here for it all day long. Botox anywhere that's needed, including my hair strands. Were you expecting that? I mean, I was, I kind of had a feeling. And again, quote, air quote, Harry Botox, not a service that's actually affiliated with the injectable. 
Um, but you know, the name, the trend suggests that it could be. This is a pretty cool process. So I strongly encourage if you have no idea what we're talking about, go over to the tease.com, check that out. Next up, Regina Baptista has been named the new president of Zambia Company. Big things are happening at Zambia. The leading education and styling tool company recently named Regina Baptista as its new president. In her new role, Baptista will be charged with helping the brand gain market share in its categories, do more business in existing domestic and international markets, and introduce the Zambia brand to a new generation of professionals and consumers. Head to thetees.com to learn more about this appointment. Big old moves. Kelly, what do you think? I think it's great. I mean, Sambia is a legend among us, right? And so Icon. I've got to believe that whoever his majesty selects to run said company is going to be amazing. And so mm-hmm. kudos to the team over at Sambia. I personally love his energy. And I'm excited to see what Regina brings to the brand as well. I love it. Award season is in full swing, as we all know. And we're about to get a little bit of a lull between some shows. The Oscars are not for a couple more weeks, but the SAGs just happened. Mm -hmm. And on the TSAC.com, we've got a how-to. The story is called, Here's Exactly How Hairstylist Randy Stoddill Styled Angela Bassett's Natural Curls for the 2023 SAG Awards. Angela Bassett and her longtime hairstylist, Randy Stoddill, had been absolutely killing it this award season, churning out one spectacular hair look after another. And while it's hard to pick a favorite so far, and we are still looking out for the Oscars, the star's gorgeous curls at the 2023 SAG Awards definitely rank high in our books. Bassett, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, exuded regal energy from head to toe in an eye-catching John Batista Valley ruffled gown. Head to the tease.com to get a breakdown on how to get Angela's hairstyle with tips from Randy himself. A lot of look, lots of volume, big, big, big. Um, coming on the heels of the NAACP Image Awards that was literally the day before where she had a totally different look. What are you thinking? Do you have one over the other? Are you thinking? I mean, Jeff, I think that he's killing it with both looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NAACP Image Awards. I mean, I love an Angela Bassett with some bangs. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. But I also love, love, love her natural look. The more volume, the bigger, the better. So kudos to Randy. Hell yeah. Love to see it. Can't wait. Can't wait to see what we do for the Oscars, which of course we'll be talking about. Maybe we'll invite a friend Ooh. onto the podcast to talk about it as well. Bring a features editor on board. Who knows? Let's do it. As always, so much going on with Tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Kayla Boyer, a Minneapolis-based stylist and salon owner and the owner of Rose Salon and Dead Rose Salon Loft. Love, love, loving her look that she was serving up for this interview number one. And we break down her bold, creative looks with her clients. It's a good one. All right. Today on the pod, we have Kayla Boyer. She is a Minneapolis-based stylist and salon owner and owns Rose Salon and Dead Rose Salon Loft. Love the names, right? What a juxtaposition. (laughs) Um, Kayla specializes in creative color and is on the Pravana creative team, as well as a Drop Dead Extensions elite artist. When she's not styling bold, creative looks, she loves to travel. And we're going to get into both the looks, the travel, all of the things. Kayla, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. You bet. And but for our listeners, you'll have to check this out on our socials and YouTube because I was just commenting on Kayla's fantastic, beyond fantastic creative color on herself. So let's get into it. <laughs> let's talk about all things you. So start at the beginning. Did you always know you wanted to go into beauty? 
So I didn't always, but there was a moment when I was approaching like the end of high school where I was like, I want to put some colors in my hair. I went through like high school kind of doing more normal colors and just, you know, back and forth between brown and blonde. And my mom, like she would help me pay for it, but like not all the time. So (laughs) I think it was like uh, right when I was graduating um, high school that I started to be like, oh, that sounds like a fun career path. And then shortly before I graduated, I started, yeah, like asking my hairstylist to put like, like a purpley brown in my hair and like big chunks of it around my face. And I was (laughs) like, okay, every time she does my hair, I like want to ask her a million questions about like how she does it. And so that was kind of like the spark. Also, one of my good friends at the time just went into beauty school pretty much right after we graduated, which I did not do. I like waited probably, I don't know, six months before I actually made a decision after high school, which I think is fine. You know, I think that's the best way to do it. Totally. So I I started beauty school. Yeah. Like March, 2012. Oh, okay. Great. Got it. And it took me a year to graduate, but yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So the, you had like some gateway color, right. That led you into the creative colors. I love it. Oh yeah. Um, what beauty school did you go to? And tell me a little bit about that experience. Um, I went to Regency Beauty Institute. Okay, It's not a school anymore, but at the time there was several locations and I think they were not only in Minnesota, they were okay. at other places too. And yeah, I, I loved the, I had a very small class. I think I started with two people. Wow. Okay. And then there was other people that were in the school, but they like started on a different rotation. Okay. So I spent a lot of my time with like two girls mm-hmm. and then once we got more into the program. Like you ended up being with other people, but yeah, I was very focused. I just wanted to get done. I was like, I'm not here to, I'm here to make friends, but I'm here to really do hair. Yeah. And so um, I tried my best. I think I, I missed like one day and it was my birthday. Wow. <laughs> you were dedicated. You're like, let's go, let's get it out of the way. Right. Yeah. Um, One of the kind of things we want to talk about here at the tease and the volume up podcast is elevating the professionals in you know, you mentioned that you waited six months to make the decision for beauty school. Was there pressure to go to a different type of school, a four-year? Was your community supportive of you? Yeah, um, there was no pressure to do anything specific. Okay, My parents have been all, always like so... They don't like want me to do anything specific. They just wanted me to be happy. So wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I think I took the time off because I was just so like unsure of what I wanted to do. I mean, I was really interested in beauty school, but I think I just took that time to be like, all right, let's make the right decision. Yeah. And then I think I toured Aveda and at the time, like I was pretty young and I didn't really want to drive downtown. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And uh, so I picked uh, Regency because it was a lot closer to my house. So, okay. Got it. Wonderful. So now we're going to get into creative color, your specialty. So you mentioned what drew you to creative color, but do you have now uh, people seeking you out specifically for your, their creative color needs? All the time. I mean, amazing. I post about it on the internet all the time. So <laughs> um, whether I have availability or not, like right now, actually, I did open up my books, but it's like so limited. Um, okay. Kind of welcome some new people in, but 
Most of the time my books are closed because I am so busy. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I love to hear that. It hasn't always been that way, but... <laughs> right. Like the hustle is real when you start, right? Did you start off with specifically creative color or tell me about that journey to, to really specialize there? So as everyone knows, when you start beauty school, you got to do everything. Yeah. So I feel like my first few years of doing hair was a lot of... It was more color, but it was a lot of everything. So I did a lot of like ombres and balayage. And that's kind of like when things, I think with that started getting hot right now, that's like, so it's just everywhere now. But like back when I started, I'm pretty sure that those were pretty new techniques. So I was uh, really self-educating myself in those areas. I didn't really get any like further education on like color placement and like balayage techniques or anything like that after I got out of school, um, right away at least. So I really was just like watching YouTube videos, trying to like nail the techniques down and then ask my clients to try like different things. I also, um, it was like my second salon that I was at. I got introduced to Pravana, which is funny because I'm doing so much with them now. But at the time my boss was like, oh, I got these new colors. Like we got like six of them. And I was like, I'm going to sneak these into my client's hair. So I just like ask, you know, and just put like a strip of it in like blonde hair. So I love it. It was a lot of like highlights and like all that stuff in the beginning. And now it's more, um, it's not all like vivid color, but a lot of clients are. (laughs) All right. So a client sits down, like, where do you get your inspiration from most often? Well, clients usually come in and they want something specific unless I, you know, try to um, persuade them to do something else. But I do a lot of like model calls. So if I'm doing something creative, it's usually they consented to it and they were like, okay, do whatever. But on a day-to-day basis, I'm having my clients come in asking for like specific things. So, okay. Got it. I love that. What are some of your favorite colors or looks to create? Because, you know, you said you started with the six Pravana colors, right? Mm -hmm. Now the world is, is your oyster as far as options. Yeah. So I feel like now... Uh, since I have a ton of color options, I make like super creative colors. So I try not to use a color like straight out from the tube. I always kind of get creative and mix different colors to make more unique shades. And then that way, not everyone has the same color, even though there's people that ask for the same color, but I'm really bad at like planning ahead. I kind of look to see what the hair tells me because you always have something happen with like when you're lifting color or there's always something usually unless their hair is completely virgin, which is not very common. So I, I don't like to have too solid of a plan getting into something. I just kind of, you know, see how it goes. So got it. So what is your advice for someone you know, listening, let's say it's a stylist and they want to venture into creative color from blonding or naturals. Like how do they start? Is it scary to start? Walk me through that. Uh, So when I started, as I said before, with my boss at the time, gave me like six colors and just said, have fun. The easiest way for me to get started with clients that were really comfortable with just doing blonde was seeing if they would like add like pieces of it or just like the ends or you know like a peekaboo of something so that's the best way to get people that aren't typically interested but other than that i would say get model calls going and um 
I mean, I don't say to do free hair, but you could do discounted hair, whatever you're comfortable with. If you want to do someone's hair for free, if they're willing to, you know, let you practice, then go for it. If you need them to pay for your product, then you just give them like a flat fee. That was kind of how I started Mm. creating and getting more portfolio work. Yeah. So you mentioned you're doing model calls often. How frequent do you recommend doing that? Or how many different models do you need to start getting like a startup portfolio for your Instagram? I would say maybe two to three people. Okay. And then as you feel, if you have the time for it, like a lot of people, it's hard because you don't always have time for it. So yeah, I've made it a point to make it so that I have time for it. But that's just because I've been doing this for a while now. In the beginning, I don't feel like it was as frequent, but it's like, yeah, it's different for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, I would say... Just have a good selection of clients and different things going on and you'll be able to showcase your work and get more people to want that. Got it. So we love creative color artists in the industry. I mean, all the incredible work you're doing and and kudos to you. Do you feel like creative color artists are sometimes overlooked in general in our industry? Yeah. (laughs) So all right. That's a interesting question. I feel like Yes, but no. I just feel like for me, I've just over the years really tried to gravitate towards people that do value me instead of being like seen in general. I'm just like, okay, these people like this, so I'm going to go to them instead of trying to get noticed in a group of people that don't necessarily appreciate what we do or just notice, you know, I don't know. No, yeah, it's an interesting question, right? Because it is such a specialty and you know, over the years, we've really seen it sort of rise to the top and rise from like a consumer awareness perspective. So just wanted your internal take on that. Yeah, I just feel like you'll know when you belong somewhere. (laughs) And then I'd be like, just stick to that. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Speaking of belonging, you've got two salons, not one, but two. We often talk about the transition from stylist to salon owner. um, But what is it like going from an owner of one salon to the owner of two salons? Yeah. So I made the jump uh, at a pretty poor timing in life, um, but it was all worth it and everything worked out. But um, I signed a lease to my new salon right before the pandemic. So no idea that was going to happen. You know, we all didn't, uh, but I made some commitments and then I kind of had to stick with it. I feel like if you're going to open up a salon, make sure you're prepared for anything, you know, I already had one and that's like already a lot of responsibility. But like, if you're wanting to open up another one, I just say like, yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen, but I felt prepared for it just because I set myself up to, you know, have a backup plan or whatever, but it's not easy. But now, now that we're like uh, three years in and everything feels good now, um, I mean, there's problems every day that you kind of have to go through, but just making sure you have the right team to help you through it and all that is so important. Yeah. Awesome. Are, do the salons vary um, in geographic location or tell me the reasoning why you wanted to go to the second one? Yeah, I don't even know. I was, I think I was just really craving something new. The salons are actually on two sides of the downtown area. So like one is on one corner and then the other one's in another corner, but they're like eight minutes apart about like eight to 10. They're just both really different. One salon only has three chairs and that was my first salon. 
I actually started going into that salon with just my chair. And then I was like, I can make this work to add more. And then after that, yeah, I just like, I don't know. I don't want to say I was bored. I just was like, I just want to do something new and decorate a new space. It's so fun to do that. So I just, you know, went for it and there was no really major reason for it. Just sort of like making a home for people that are like me and want to work the way I do and just have more freedom and no like really real salon rules. There's guidelines, but everyone's a rental stylist. So everyone can kind of do their own thing and just having a place where we all can do that. So that's kind of the main reason why I started the second one. That's cool. I love that. You mentioned that you just opened up your books, but it's limited. So I'm assuming that you're spending what percent of your time behind the chair and owning the salons? Uh, If I'm not traveling, it's usually six or five days a week. Oh, wow. I'm there a lot. Okay. Yes, you are. (laughs) I just have longer appointments. So I feel like I don't take a lot of clients because a lot of my clients want extensions and like vivid color. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize how long that takes. Sometimes those appointments take six hours. So my books just get crammed really fast because I do have so many of those extensive projects. So there's not a lot of room for smaller things or more of those projects. So when I do have the room for it, I just let people know and be like, okay, it's limited, but there's a couple spots, you know? So yeah. They've got to work around your schedule. It sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) So um, are both of the salons, do they have a specialty in Vivicolor or blonding from a services perspective? Everyone kind of does what they want to do. Okay. But I would say that everyone who comes and wants to work there has a similar interest in some sort of way. Okay. Whether it be alternative style or, you know, vivids or fun, edgy haircuts. I feel like all of us have a niche in somewhat of that genre, but it's definitely not like a necessary thing. Like if someone came there and does just balayage, of course, I'd be like, you can stay here, you know, like you can be here. But most people that have come to us are, you know, like-minded. So got it. I see that Rose Salon does makeup as well. (laughs) Who does that on your team? Is that another specialty? Uh, that's mostly me. I do makeup. Uh, the other girls, like my sister works for me actually, and she does some makeup, but that's mostly my thing. I've always kind of done some makeup on the side. I, I would say that's not like my main thing, but I do love it. And if I get requests for it, then I usually accommodate that. So yeah. That's just another fun, creative outlet and adds to the overall look, right? I mean, like your look, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I don't do it very often, but when I can, if I have the right opportunity, I take it. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. Okay. Tell me about Drop Dead Extensions. We see that you are the Drop Dead Extensions elite artist. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the brand? Yeah. So actually, I'm still kind of getting into the hang of things. I just uh, signed a contract with them um, this last month. So I'm still kind of learning about the brand, but all I know is that they match what I am as a stylist a little bit better than other brands out there. And they see me and they love my work and just want to embrace who I am with their company. But yeah, they mostly cater to vivid stylists, which I love. And I want to be like an advocate for that because at some points in our industry, I feel like we don't have a spot, like especially in extensions. I just feel like it's not um, like all of the ads for extensions are never vivid color. And I know that that can be like a, 
a tough one because it's like, they don't want to advertise certain things that stylists don't know how to do, but that's why we need a company that will educate, like, this is how you color vivids on extensions, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I felt like I just aligned so much with their uh, company and program and, like I said, I'm so new to it, so I don't want to say too much yet, yeah. but um, I'm just really excited to see where it goes. It's such a good point because, you know, there's certainly extensions that like own the blonding category, own like the balayage or the color melt or whatever it might be, but it's very rare to see that from a vivid perspective. So I love that niche and what a great partnership with you. <laughs> I was really stoked when they asked me. I feel like I, I didn't feel like mistreated or anything with any other brand, but I just didn't feel like I exactly belonged, which I was kind of saying earlier. Yeah. I've been really kind of going with the flow with people that I'm like, okay, I align with them and they, they see me, you know, they see me more than just a hairstylist. They see that like I have a passion in certain areas. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be with someone like that. (laughs) Yeah. True artistry. Right. And very specialty and niche. So if there's stylists out there, why should they get drop dead extensions? Like what's another point of differentiation? Uh, they have really good quality hair. I feel like a lot of brands out there are a little inconsistent and um, aren't paying attention to quality. I feel like that's important for us as stylists to be selling our extensions to our clients and have them be like good quality because that says a lot about you, you know? So I think that their products are really great and they're still up and coming. Um, they're still getting certain things in their brand um, available for us but they are also new as well. So that'll take time, but like what they have to offer right now is really great. So amazing. I love that. Okay. We're going to switch brands. We're going to talk about Pravana Collective and get the look. So you created this sickening look for Pravana's get the look page. Um, It may be obvious, but what was your inspo for the look? Was it the Beetlejuice one? I think I saw that you guys were talking about. Yes. (laughs) Well, they know that I love Halloween. So they asked (laughs) me to do this Halloween get the look, um, which I was totally fine for. And it was funny because we didn't actually film it anytime near Halloween, but like for (laughs) Halloween is like my favorite and I will take that and run with it. But I just wanted to pick a very easy identified character, which is Beetlejuice. I just feel like a lot of people, like when they see the colors or just anything, like they'll know that it's Beetlejuice. So I picked that as my inspiration for the hair and just like sort of translating it into hair was something I had to think about. And it wasn't like quite hard. It just was like, okay, placement, you know, where do I put the stripes? to represent the sandworm or like the colors of the green and the purple. Like I just wanted it to all flow. And then I, yeah, I ended up doing like some highlights of the stripes on top of everything. It just really brought it all together. It looked so cool. So yeah, it was amazing artistry. So (laughs) it was so great. Yeah. Um, What is Pravana's get the look for those who don't know that it's on their online blog slash website, but it's for stylists to learn step-by-step techniques that you can like make into your own if you wanted to, but it will tell you the products used, the technique, uh, what you need to lift to, all that stuff. Just a a nice tool for stylists that want to know a new look, you know, like a new technique. So yeah, because it's like, where do you start? And why wouldn't you start with the experts over at Pravana, right? They're the 
the OGs in Vivids. Yeah, we have a lot of videos on the Get the Look. I've done a few of them and I do have another one planned for this year. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I'm going to be filming another one. And like I said, they do them all the time. So not just me, but there's other stylists on there that have videos and they're all really great. <laughs> Got it. I love it. So if we, if we like drill down on the look a little bit more for, for others out there that are like, okay, I'm going to go check out Get the Look but I don't even know really where to start. Like, tell me about your process, like the colors used, the process, how long it took. Um, kind of walk me through that overview. Just like the filming day in general or like... Yeah, I think, well, I think that you talked a little bit about the inspiration. So yeah, the filming day would be great um, just to walk us through. It just depends on what your model's hair is starting with. Luckily, mine was like a lighter color, so we didn't have to do much prep work, but you have to spend like some time prepping the canvas. So getting it to whatever level that you're needing it to get to before using the vivids, if you're going to be using vivids. So like, that's what we do first. And then yeah, picking out the colors based on what is necessary for that, get the look. So for me, it was just formulating some Beetlejuice and spider colors. Um, we have so many color options. So you can get really creative with that. So I think I mixed, you know, several things in one formula or whatever. And then after that, we will do some styling. So whether that be straight or curly or adding texture or doing like updos or anything, we'll film that part. And then um, then there'll be like after photos and stuff like that. So uh, and then we do a lot of our voiceover um either at home or like uh, on the phone or something to kind of go over what was done in the video. So I love it. What was the most difficult part about this look in general? Probably getting those stripes really nice and clean. <laughs> I mean, I was trying not to sweat it because I feel like Beetlejuice is sort of like a grungy, like organic type look. But I mean, the sandworm is striped yeah. and like you want it to like translate the same way. So just being super precise with those stripes was probably the hardest. <laughs> but other than that, it was it was a great look. Is I don't like to do anything that's super complicated for get the looks. Okay. I want people to be able to do them. So we did a super simple color melt um, underneath those stripes. So oh. making it like impactful, but still easy for anyone to do. I love that. Yeah. And where can they go to find the look again? Uh, I think it's pravana.com or pravana... I don't, I'd have to look. They have like an ADU section where um, only stylists can see them. So amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. All right. Thank you for that. So much knowledge. <laughs> Wonderful to hear. Now we're to a little part where we call the tease quick takes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you some quick questions and I'm excited for your answers just to get to know you a little bit more. Okay. All right. First up, this is going to be a good one, I think. What was your first ever product that you owned, beauty or hair? Oh boy. <laughs> when I was young, um, my mom would have us use Aussie hairspray. Is that purple? Bottle. Yes. And the one that's not aerosol. It was like the pump one. Oh yeah. Whenever I smell that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> this brings me back. My mom loved doing our hair. I'm a twin. Oh, oh wow. Oh, amazing. We both had our hair like super done up, like for everything. And she'd always use that hairspray. So probably that. I don't know. I, All right. If, if it wasn't that, I don't know what else it would be. 
I mean, that's pretty iconic, right? I can even like sort of recall the smell without actually smelling it. You're like, ah, okay. That little kangaroo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Loved it. All right. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? Mm, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. About that one. Um, that, I love it. Um, who would play you in a biopic of your life? Well, everyone says I look like Aubrey Plaza sometimes. Uh-huh. So I would say if maybe her, but like, I don't know. If, a lot of people say they don't see it, but I've gotten comments like out and about. You look like Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> I think she's cool. <laughs> I love it. I think she's cool too. And I see it. <laughs> what do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Ooh, um, probably things that my mom would make when I was young, like, um, in in the Midwest, we do a lot of like casseroles and hot dishes. Mm-hmm. So she'd make some of her staple ones. But I would say other than that, probably Italian food. I love pasta. Okay. So good. I love that. And we love a good casserole, right? In the Midwest. If, if you yes. know what I'm talking about, yes. <laughs> I thought you might say meatloaf, even Midwest. Oh, I think I've never really had meatloaf. My mom didn't cook that. So. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I that's yeah. surprising. All mm-hmm. right. Say you're on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? Hmm. Honestly, I think for sure shampoo and conditioner because yeah. I feel like everyone's maybe guilty of this, but you could use shampoo as a body wash too. I mean, for sure. Yeah. That for sure. The third one would probably be toothpaste. Is that a beauty product? Oh, yes. Let's, let's call that a beauty product for sure. And it makes your teeth look good. (laughs) That's a good one. It'll get me by for a a while. Okay. Got it. I love it. All right. So you have quite the social following. Can you tell everyone where they can follow and engage with you at on the socials? Yeah. So my Instagram is at Kayla underscore Boyer and I'm mostly on that app. Uh, I do TikTok and I believe it's Kayla Marie Boyer on there. Okay. I think. Yeah. Um, But I don't really post on there as much. I'm mostly on Instagram. So those are names. All right. Got it. Well, anything else you want to share with our audience today? I don't think so. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. It was so great. I'm such a fan of your work. It's incredible. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. You too. All right, Jeff. So what did you think? Multifaceted. She's doing all of these bold creative colors. Like I love that she is book, book, booked mm-hmm. makeup as well. I mean, some of the Pravana looks that she is creating are fantastic. Out of this world, out of this world. I mean, top of her game. The thing that I'm so struck by is she looked exactly like her Instagram yeah. while we were talking. I was just like, the color was spot on. I know. Like that greeny yellow, like, oh, I just. I mean, she is the perfect fit for the Pravana Collective team. She's living the brand. Kudos to her. I love her specialty. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.